Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, I just feel like uh, every month one of you nice people from the White House comes on the show to talk about inflation and you talk about these tools uh, in the president's toolkit and you don't use them. You don't use these tools. Uh, and, you know, there's debating and discussing going on. Uh, and, and meanwhile, prices are still going up. Look, the, you know, the president right now is in the Middle East because he wants to uh, try to get as much oil on the market as possible. That is the way that we will bring down prices. Jake Tapper not taking any of their ass from the White House on CNN yesterday. You talk about these tools, but you never use them. Uh, by the way, I got uh, I got an illness of some sort. And I'm trying to remember the old saying. Is it starve a COVID, feed a monkey pox? Or That's is it, it. Yep. Yeah, because I don't yep, know which I have. Anyway, um, inflation is clearly the number one story in America right now and is going to be for a while, uh, whether you like it or not. I was doing a, I got into a deep dive on interest rates last night in my cold-induced haze for some reason. You know, um, Paul Volcker was the head of the Fed the last time we whipped inflation now, the inflation that had started in the 70s. And Jimmy Carter came along and brought in this uh, Volcker guy, and then Reagan re-nominated him. So he stayed around for a while, but he jumped interest rates. So we're, we we had, what, a, a 0.75 jump 
not long ago, and it got a lot mm-hmm. of attention, and the stock market reacted, and it was the biggest jump in 30 years or whatever. Volcker came in and started jumping the interest rates five percentage points at a time. Oh! That's so, no soft landing. That's shooting you out of the air. So they had gone with, in the late 70s, something called stop and go, I think that was. It was the idea they would, like, hit you with a high interest rate and then go back low. Hit you with a high interest rate and go back low. Didn't work. Because businesses were like, I'm no way. I know the interest rate's low, but I'm not investing because I know what you're going to do here soon. So, and it just didn't work. So wow. he came in and it, it just was stop, no stop and go, just stop and jumped up interest rates a lot and fast and just crushed everything. But, um, and it caused a recession, but it ended inflation and we haven't had it since then, since like what, 1982 or something. We've really not had any inflation to worry about. So I don't know if this Fed, or if the current stock market would allow for the sort of thing where you'd come along and have a five-point jump all at once. Holy cow, that would get your attention. Yeah, yeah, I just... But that so might be what it takes. Yeah, I suppose so. Although I think the Fed is going to just keep booping it up by three-quarters of a percent until they see you know, significant results. Uh, they're, they're guessing because the circumstances are so different. Every, every sure, generation or so, they declare that they figured it all out. Uh, Alan Greenspan seemed to have, but, uh, you know, in defense of the Biden administration, which I rarely rise to, um, you know, the, the pandemic and the supply chain issues and the rest of it, and then the war in Ukraine and gas prices, that has absolutely had an effect on inflation. You know, unfortunately, when you exacerbate it through wild, irresponsible monetary policies for, you know, a couple of generations, Republicans, you too, um, you just, you can't point at the other couple of factors that are involved and say, it was that, it was that. Well, yeah, but you're on the hot seat too, inappropriately. Oh, speaking of being on the hot seat, a nice lady who was uh, arguing with Jake Tapper, Cecilia Rouse, who has got to just be thrilled that she's been sent out to, uh, to defend the administration uh, defending the indefensible as so often happens. Uh, what's that? We're going to play clip number 35. I like this. Yeah, Jake Tapper going after. Her. Congress needs a, we need to, we're open and willing. It's a great time for Congress to act on these important economic initiatives. He's the Democratic president and the Congress is controlled by Democrats. So it's not as though you guys don't have each other's phone numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the truth is there's a limited uh, amount that the executive can do, well, or, or Congress, for that matter. Well, you know, again, looking at the last time we had inflation this high, it was about the Fed and bumping up interest rates, and we had the highest interest rates we've ever had. So the lowest interest rates we've ever had, 2008 and March of 2020, when it was basically zero, we've been hovering around the lowest interest rates ever for a while. And mm-hmm. people have just gotten so used to it that the higher numbers sound shocking like if we did a five point jump like they did back in the 80s well because they've been hanging around nothing that seems extraordinary but the highest fed rate ever was 20 percent in 1980 it was briefly in uh, 1981 it jumped up to 21.5 percent for one month 21.5 percent interest rate to choke off inflation I don't know if that's what it takes this time and what that's going to look like for home loans or car loans or your credit card. I can't even imagine. Jack, the dispatch mentions that the annual rate of inflation, 9.1% in June, is the highest level since 1981 when Dodgers lefty Fernando Valenzuela was awarded the National League Rookie of the Year. (laughs) Fantastic.
Appreciate that. Thank you, Dispatch. <laughs> Who is the batting champ? Uh, so hourly earnings uh, were up about 5% in June 2021. That's what we call the inflationary spiral. But since you have to adjust for inflation, they've actually fallen 36 over the past year, faster than at any point in the last 40 years. So congratulations. Everybody took a 3.5% pay cut, even as you got a raise. So, uh, whoops. Well, that's why, um, you know, that could continue for quite a few years. If you looked at those inflation charts starting in the mid-70s through about 81, inflation could stay high for a while. And at some point, these, you know, 3%, 5%, whatever pay cuts were all taken, you'd be willing to take a very high interest rate. If that's going to stop me from losing 3 4 5% of my wages every single year. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Nobody knows what the right thing is to do. There's a lot of guessing that that happens there, but we do have a precedent of uh, of, of 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 punishing the economy with high interest rates and fixing it in the past. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it has gotten fixed, and it has ended uh, somewhat painfully at times. But so I don't, it will not go on forever, barring some twist in the road, because fate loves to. You know, uh, throw a knuckleball at you like uh, the great Fernando Valenzuela. Um, just when you think, okay, all right, I got all the factors in mind. We know what to do. And then, boom, there's a war or something crazy like that. You but, know what I would like to know, though, is the difference culturally with spending oh. between those high interest rates and if you tried to do it now. My guess is that uh, because, you know, this is my parents' generation. And they were raised by the um, Depression generation. My guess is there was a lot more household savings going on at that time. There was a lot more delayed gratification and not buying stuff on interest payments going on at that time. There was a lot more living in smaller houses because it's a good idea. You know, just different culturally in terms of spending back then. It might be a way bigger shock to our system to have those kind of high interest rates with the way we currently live our lives. Yeah, the cocaine binge economy, where we all spend like we're a sailor on leave with a snoot full of blow. Right. Yeah, that's just, it's not sustainable. And need to live in a McMansion and put everything on the credit card, because I'm not going to taper back my vacations or anything else, by God. Right, right, right. So another comment that I thought was apt from the good folks at the Dispatch, they mentioned how some of the previous month's economic reports had some some... Uh, nuggets of good news and that sort of thing. But yesterday's release was p- pretty much all dreck, no nuggets. Uh-huh. The month over month. Nuggets of good news. Uh, the month over month number for June uh, was 30% higher than May's and more than four times the April figure. Core inflation ticked back up, as did services inflation, and upward price pressures have clearly trickled into parts of the economy largely untouched by supply chain snarls and rising energy costs. Okay, that's an interesting and important distinction. You can blame a lot of the inflation on, you know, the supply chain thing, uh, energy costs, the war, blah, blah, blah. But at some point, the infection spreads to all sectors of the economy. And that's when you get the whirlwind or the inflationary spiral. Uh, rent, for example, went up in June more than it has in any month since 1986. The Chinese are not shipping us rental properties on container ships. Okay, Russia the rent is sh- too damn high. You know that's that's that is more or less my point, sir. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the the Russians are uh, have not cut off uh, piping rental properties through the Nord Stream pipeline to Europe. This is independent. If extrapolated out to a full year, book prices uh, rose in June at uh, 19.2% annual clip. So did the prices of bread, processed seafood, juice, 
footwear, linens, used cars, said Jason Furman, Harvard University economist, former chair of President Obama's Council of Economic Advisors, quote, there just wasn't a lot in this report to give anyone comfort about anything. Almost all of the news in it was bad. Wow. (laughs) Wow. But it will turn. It will change. Well, what's your point with that? Of course it will. Well, yeah. But I just uh, my point is not to present the crap out of people. Not to airing it out like animal show. What's my point? It's not try try to avoid driving our listeners' heads into the oven. <laughs> the hell kind of question is that? <laughs> you having a good time, Joe? Of course it will end. But I how how long? How much money am I going to lose? Or are you going to lose? Are we all going to lose before two and a half years and sixty thousand dollars? And I think I think we should have. I think the, what I was just talking about. There should be somebody at a blackboard talking about this on the evening news, and we should have a national conversation. What do we want to do, people? Do we want to try what we did in the early eighties? Do we want to jump the interest rate up so high that we choke off inflation? Who's in? Show of hands. I mean, I feel like we need to have this national conversation about this, as opposed to just we're we're just kind of like shuffling along, kind of hoping it'll magically go away without any major uh, moves by somebody? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. I was paying attention to the January 6th hearings and a story I saw that AOC's a communist. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I forewarned you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, Jim Cramer is Mad Money, host of CNBC. We've interviewed him a number of times. Interesting dude. Anyway, he thinks that Gen Z spends too much money on stuff they don't need, and they're going to have to learn to get over it because times are going to be tough for a while. And I'm happy to hear him saying this. Sort of thing I'm going to be saying to my kids when they're old enough to have their own money. Uh, nearly half of adults belonging to Generation Z, who are currently ages 18 to 24, say they live paycheck to paycheck. Kramer thinks young adults can do a better job investing some of their money, even if it's just a few dollars. They seem like they have a lot of money, even when they don't have a lot of money. He's noticed that young workers don't have much earning power. They still spend a significant portion, for instance, eating out. Um, number of young people that he sees at restaurants, who he knows don't have the kind of money that can afford that. Young mm. people buying $14 margaritas after a long work day. Yeah, well, I certainly didn't that, do that sort of thing. I drank draft beer if I drank out at all when I was young and broke. Uh, and he said, oh, I know what you might say. Oh, Kramer's rich. I don't want to hear this lecture. But did you live in your car on the side of Interstate 5? I remember when he told us that story on the air when we interviewed one time. He was living in Sacramento, living in his car while he had a job. And even then, while he was living in his car, he still put $100 into a stock index fund every month. And he did that all throughout his 20s. And he said, it made me a millionaire. He said, I'm not talking anything draconian. I'm not saying don't ever go out. Just don't spend money each week. That you shouldn't have. Look at how you're spending your money and spend less. That, that's just clearly true. Now, if I was living in my car in Sacramento by, like, say, Interstate 80, would that count, or does it have to be I-5 in his example? Um, yeah, I. You know, it's none of my business. I just know how I, how little I ate out when I was not making much money. Oh, and, never. Uh, I never did. No, ne- never. Yeah, never. Yeah. Never was how often. Well, it, practically it, never. Okay, and it was, and I, and and if I did, it was going to be because I got the 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 two for one whoppers with cheese, 
Remember Arby's Beef and Cheddar's Fire for $5? That was a coupon for a while where it was like literally cheaper than I could eat going to yeah. the grocery store. Well, and the idea of going out with your friends and ordering a $14 margarita, I mean, I love that. No. When you're young and poor, drink like a normal person at home, alone, in the dark, muttering angrily. Right. Like I do. And to relieve the, the misery of your life. Don't, yeah, exactly. not, don't drink for joy. Drink no. to relieve misery. Right. <laughs> oh, and not to connect with hell? people. I took this too far myself. Yeah, you took it dark there. <laughs> Little dark. Somebody turn on the lights. Hey, you know, I, I was frantically rooting through my stack over here of uh, emails to find this one from Katie, which I held on to. Um, we're talking about living like it's the 50s, which might be necessary. I don't know. Um, oh, and then we got to get to China's uh, economic problems, I suppose, at some point. But uh, she said, I grew up on a farm in Northern California, no TV, one room schoolhouse for elementary, first job at age five, uh, working on the farm, helping out with chores and stuff like that. Uh, learned to drive so I could do any job on the dairy at a young age, 50 to 60 hour work weeks during the summer, school breaks in middle school, high school, college, etc. cetera. Uh, this is, this is tough. This is more than you're going to do probably, but the, I'll get to the point. We didn't eat out, hunted for our food, had dinner as a family every night. I bought my own clothes, entertainment, et cetera, from age 12 out, out of my $3 an hour pay rate. It taught me the value of money like I never realized. When I left the farm after college, got a job in Stockton, California, I was mocked relentlessly for how I live. I drove a used pickup that I bought myself in high school, packed a sandwich and veggies for lunch from home every day, showed up every day for my shift, and learned more than I was taught. I love that phrase. I learned more than I was taught. Hmm. That's a good one. I've never heard that before. Yeah, that's a good old, like, uh, farm, farmish, uh, expression. I love that. I didn't realize that was something to be ashamed of. I became store manager after five years, bought, bought a house for myself at 26 years old. My coworkers still mocked me, but now it was about being the white girl making too much money that she could buy a house. They literally did not understand until I explained it. The money they spent on eating out three meals a day and tattoos and booze at clubs all the time was the money I saved to buy my house house by making the lunches they mocked and improving my work skills to get paid more i wish everyone would go back to living like it's the 50s she says i feel like we were better people our society was nicer to live in people understood the uh the value of a dollar um to be fair is that the right word uh my mom lived the way she my dad uh lived the way they live by the hard lesson of reality, not just like mm-hmm. born with stronger moral character. Oh yeah, you know, that's how, that's how you get there, and that's why th- that's where this next generation is going to come up with the idea of, hey, how about we don't drink expensive drinks at the restaurant? We go over to my place with a six pack of uh, not very expensive beer. That's going to come out of necessity, is where it's going to come from. Right, I unless think so, yeah. unless unless we come up with a generous enough welfare state with tiny holes in our safety net that you can get away with continuing to splurge, which we may do as a as a nation for a while. Gee, let me think. Can you get people to vote for that? Uh, uh-oh, we're in trouble. That is one yeah. difference between now and back in the day. If you didn't get uh, right with your finances, ain't no, 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 weren't a lot of options to bail you out, other than the local church, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember the uh, the words to the theme from All in the Family. Didn't need no welfare state. Everybody pulls away. <laughs> yep. Good times. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Armstrong and Joe Getty. What a personal privilege. Don't get brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I promise the most fascinating stat you've ever heard. I don't know if this can live up to that, but it's pretty damn fascinating. And the source of it makes it doubly important. This is an NBC News report on a teacher's union poll that was done by a Democratic operation to have uh, information for Democrats to help them win the upcoming election. Let me read from it. The American Federation of Teachers circulated this poll, conducted by this Democratic firm, as a call to arms for its members and allies to emphasize more popular proposals, like spending more on schools and reducing class sizes, and de-emphasizing fights that center on cultural issues. Let me get more specific. Hmm. A major set of red flags in the poll. Again, this is from NBC News. I'm not reading from Tucker Carlson or something like that. Uh, A major set of red flags in the poll for Democrats and teachers unions was a series of questions that looked like they were ripped from Ron DeSantis's Friday speech on critical race theory and teaching kids about sexuality and gender identity. While the survey didn't mention DeSantis by name, it tested education messages he has popularized nationally. He's been able to popularize them because they're very popular. More that so makes it than, easier to popularize them, no doubt. Yeah. One poll question found that voters, by 32 points, said they're more likely to vote for candidates who believe public schools should focus less on teaching race and more on core subjects. That was a 30-point win for that. Wow. By 27 wow. points, call it 30, they said schools should be banned, banned, 
from teaching sexual orientation and gender identity to kids in kindergarten through third grade, which is exactly the don't say gay law that was mocked by the elite media as just the most hateful thing that has ever happened in America. Remember Saturday Night Live opened with it and the Oscars or Grammys, whoever did their big thing on it. It was just, oh, don't say, um, how could anything be so awful as to outlaw the word gay in Florida, which of right. course is not what happened. It was just, let's not teach little kids about sex orientation and gender. Turns out that's a winning issue by 30 freaking points. And the Democrats are telling their own party, hey, hey, this is what most people think about this. And one more before we discuss. Also by almost 30 points, 28 points, uh, the uh, the poll said that transgender athletes should be banned from competing in girls' sports. 30-point win there, too. That's incredible. I'll be danged. That's incredible. Well, get, getting back to the don't say gay thing, that was portrayed in all of the elite quarters, whether it's education uh, media or entertainment, and they have that ground. It's just they do. That was portrayed as a, a product of the most reactionary and cruel 10% among us. The most angry, bitter, ignorant, hateful. Maybe 5% of the population was behind that. No, it's a 30-point win, and all it has to do with is hitting little children with your gender theory garbage. I, I actually wonder, did the did 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 reasonable smart people at the teachers unions or at this um this polling outfit, which I don't know, it's a heart research. They do polling for uh, the Democrats to help them win elections. I wonder if reasonable smart people did this polling to alert the blue checkmark Twitter crowd because they knew the results they were going to get to alert mm-hmm. people and say, hey. I know you're really into a lot of this stuff, but it ain't going to win any elections. I mean, it ain't even close to as popular as you think it is. Yeah, well, much as I dislike and resent the big-time teachers' unions, it's absolutely clear that there's a war for the Democratic Party going on, and the that loud, vicious, social media-mastering minority who's trying to jam all this stuff down everybody's throats with the help, by the way, of idiotic, freaking, white guilt-suffering, dopey, college-educated, suburban white women. Uh, anyway, the the mainstreamer Democrats, they understand, you know, I look around me and people are not into this. Teaching a second-grade little boy that he's probably a little girl if he wants to be this week and, and then rushing him to get hormone treatments and surgery, more on that to come. Um, yeah, they're looking around saying we need to make a stand or we're going to lose this thing. So let's call these all 30-point wins since it was 32, 27, and 28. That's probably within the margin of error, just to make things simple. We'll call it a 30-point win, which means it was probably roughly 65-35. There's probably a chunk of I don't know or whatever in there, but whatever. Um, if, yeah, if it, something like two-thirds, one-third, or twice as many people against as in favor of this stuff, yeah. If it was roughly that, it was roughly two to one. Um, people agreeing with you and every normal person you know. Um, I gotta believe maybe half of that third was just being kind of pulled along because everything they saw on TV led them to believe that, oh yeah, I guess that don't say gay law sounds pretty terrible to me. I agree. Um, so I'll, I'll bet it's even a bigger win than the 30 points, actually. 
I think, yeah, if you gave, if you sat down with people for five minutes and talked to them about it. Yeah, because a certain number of people just want to go with what is popular or what they perceive to be the quote unquote enlightened, enlightened position or not racist or not cruel. They just want to be good people. They want to be nice. And they think the nice thing to do is to allow transgender athletes to compete in girls sports. Except for, uh, you know, two to one Americans think that's a bad idea. Two to one Americans don't want kids third grade and younger, younger taught sexual orientation and gender. Two to one. Right. God, right. remember how hot that whole don't say gay thing was? Oh, yeah. And presented to you everywhere as if it was obviously hate. What can well, we do to, to stop Describe this? it as that way is just blatantly dishonest. Yeah, and it was it was described that way by everyone all the time, as if that was the name yeah. of the bill. And then finally, the whole two to one. How about we focus on just like you know reading, writing, and arithmetic, and not race in our schools? So I I thought those were amazing poll numbers. Um, I don't know if I should be happy about that or not. I mean, that's the result I want. Do I want the uh, the Democratic Party to wake up to that? Yeah. Um, I've heard, you know, I, I would say yes. I would yeah, say yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, I'm more an ideologue than a partisan. Sure. I would rather have a sane, reasonable Democratic Party, uh, more like the one I grew up with, and not these radical theorists who, who operate in a bizarre academic world that has no relationship with human beings or their endeavors. I want them to be swept away by history, please, as soon as possible. Absolutely. Um, and then there's this term that I became aware of in the last year or something like that, popularism as a, uh, how come that hasn't become more of a, uh, instead of a, a po- populist, but popularists, like, how about mm-hmm. we do what's popular with most people <laughs> by oh, far? You know, I read a great, uh, little bit of editorial about the left's inconsistency and in howling about democracy all the time. We need democracy. You know, the court is uh, overruled the will of the people. Okay. I tell you what. Let's have a big vote on teaching radical gender theory to little children. Let's have a, a, a big vote, a national referendum on allowing biological males to whoop the hell out of women in sports. Let's have a, a giant, uh, you know, referendum on what was the third one? Whether or not you want to teach race in school versus the core subjects. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, let's have a vote. Is the, you're that in love with democracy? Let's go ahead. But anyway, I don't want to engage in the same hypocrisy they do. There's some things that are fit for quote unquote democracy and some that uh, are not. Sure. Exactly. Um, I thought that was some pretty interesting stuff right there. And that's, that's what the, the, the poll is being spread out to Democrats across the country and say, Hey, the, some of these issues might not be as popular as you think you are, they are, or all your college friends are telling you they are. You know what's really an interesting dynamic, though, and and I'm I'm hearing because I have a psychic connection with with our beloved listeners. Jack knows this. Um, <laughs> I am I'm feeling the vibes across the transom of all of the people who have been forced and are going to be forced in the near past or future to sit through these training sessions or engage in these struggle sessions about. Uh, wokeism and anti-racism and the rest of it, or their woke teachers teaching their kids this stuff. And the only thing I would say to you is have courage, friends, because you have way more uh, allies than than opponents. The problem is, though, the viciousness of the people who believe this stuff and their willingness to bring you to your knees, whether professionally, uh, socially, or academically at your college or whatever, they will ruin you. 
And, but we have to find a way to stand up against this crap. Uh, if the critical theory crowd gets science, we're doomed. Because science is about fact and testing things and retesting them. And, and I represent science. I heard this headline, I think it was yesterday, and I made my face like I just found out my son had sold our cow for magic beans. <laughs> I mean, a combination of disbelief, anger, and horror. But uh, Jonathan Scott on Fox News was interviewing Jonathan Turley about the story I'm talking about. Clip number 80, please, Michael. Some scholars are pushing for anthropologists to stop classifying ancient remains as either male or female. You write about this at length in your website. You say, professors have called for researchers to stop identifying ancient human remains by biological gender because they cannot gauge how a person identified at that time. I mean, they're basically saying, well, maybe it's biologically a caveman, but she identified as a cave woman. We don't know, so we shouldn't classify it. But look, if there are non-binary Neanderthals, I'd love to read about them. But the thing that I don't understand is why academics would want fewer data points to say, don't analyze, don't classify according to uh, biological uh, gender, uh, don't look at ancestry uh, connections uh, or races of these um, these specimens. Why would you want to reduce the information you're working with? You can still come to these same conclusions. But the problem is that when these things are suggested, there's a palpable fear among professors that they will be targeted by the next mob, and they remain silent. And the result is that we're having a real diminishment of our higher educational programs. So you don't want to say caveman anymore. You want to say cave human with the capacity to fell a mammoth. (laughs) <laughs> for instance you know you really ought to read if you can uh lindsay and pluck rose's cynical theories you can't believe how loopy this stuff is at its base they want to erase all binaries especially anything that is a b male female they want to deny that that exists at all and so if you have a clearly female who lived 1.3 million years ago you have to deny that that could even be a female. This stuff doesn't make any sense. It's idiotic. It's bizarre. And these people are wrong, wrong, wrong. Which is not justification to be mean to anybody who's a very effeminate male or a very butch female or whatever. Of course not. Cruelty is wrong in all cases. But to back down in the face of something that bizarre and absurd is dangerous. But her, her, uh, Turley, rather... Uh, Jonathan Turley makes a good point. The professors are terrified the mob will come for for them. And there's no protection on a university campus against the mob. The administration will turn and, and charge at you with the mob. Yeah, so you're in the corner of some university looking at old rocks your whole life. Nobody's paid any attention to you ever. All of a sudden, you'd have a firestorm if you made some sort of assertion about gender. Yeah, right. Exactly. People are marching into your classroom while you're trying to teach and calling for you to be fired, and the administration's taking them seriously. Wow. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. True international depression. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is like Occam's razor, which is the most common razor that I've heard of. This is like the, you know, I don't know, axi- I don't know what the difference between a razor and an axiom or a rule or a law or whatever is. Occam's razor being when you're weighing alternative explanations for something, the one with the fewest assumptions should be chosen. In other words, the simplest explanation is usually the correct one for anything, which is a good one to go with. But somebody was posting a whole bunch of these yesterday that I had never heard of, and they're pretty good, I thought. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my kids some of these. The luck razor. When choosing between two paths, choose the path that has a larger luck surface area. Your actions put you in a position where luck is more likely to strike. It's hard to get lucky watching TV at home. It's easy to get lucky when you're engaging in learning, for instance. Huh. That's the old idea that luck is um, opportunity meeting preparation. Preparedness, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So do whatever's going to give you the largest luck surface area. (laughs) And, you know, uh, sitting around hoping doesn't give you much luck surface area. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. The arena razor. When faced with two paths, choose the path that puts you in the arena. It's easy to throw rocks from the sidelines. It's scary and lonely in the arena, but it's where growth happens. Once you're in the arena, and this is the this is the real reason I read it, because the other part wasn't that surprising to me. Once you're in the arena, never take advice from people on the sidelines. I thought that's a good one. If you're actually doing something, don't listen to the freaking people who have never done it or aren't doing it or whatever. That's a good one. I remember on a number of occasions, youngsters who wanted to get into the radio business would ignore my pleas to them. Don't. Don't. Uh, And they'd want advice. And the one thing we always told them was get on the air. Get a gig somewhere. Doesn't matter where. In the middle of the night, get on the air and do it and do it and do it and do it. Don't worry about you know the market or the music format or 
Or if you like to talk show politics at that station, just get on the air. This is a dumb one, but the the one that popped into my head was uh, when I was in the arena of uh, running in races regularly. And I ran every day, and then I'd run in these races, but I'm very, very slow. The amount of criticism I would get from people who don't run it freaking all was amazing. Mm. About how slow I was. How much did you run this weekend? Well, I haven't run in years. Well, then shut the F up. But the <laughs> amount of criticism you can get from doing something from people who aren't doing it is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, pathetic on their uh, side, too. Uh, the invested versus spent razor. Time is either invested or spent. Invested time are actions that compound, like reading, physical activity, mindfulness, and relationship building. Spent time, as opposed to invested time, are actions that don't. Um, and pretty easy to come up with all kinds of spent time that you can think of that don't really add up to anything. When choosing what mm-hmm. to do, prioritize investing time, not spending it. Yeah, we we got to all do better on that, I suppose. Um, the rooms I'm, a, I'm you, a dynamo of uh, productive activity. All dynamo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I take three minutes to have fun between 7.05 and 7.08 in the evening. And boy, do I have a good time. Then it's back to work. So you just heard about the golf tournament over the weekend? You didn't, you didn't watch any of it, just... Oh, I watched a three-minute uh, quadruple speed encapsulation. So quadruple speed, it was obviously like 45 seconds. You, you, were, you, you heard somebody talking about it while you were hand-hewing a grand piano and taking <laughs> Spanish lessons. Exactly. Exactly. This finish is bueno, I said to my instructor, <laughs> as I painstakingly uh, sanded it. And studying for your LSAT. <laughs> the rooms razor. If you have a choice between entering two rooms, choose the room where you're more likely to be the dumbest one in the room. Once you're in the room, talk less and listen more. It's bad for your ego, but great for your growth. Uh, Occam's razor. We mentioned that the simplest explanation is usually the right one. Uh, listening razor. If you encounter someone with opinions or perspectives very different from your own, Listen twice as much as you speak. Our natural tendency when we hear a view we disagree with is to respond and refute it. Default to listen mode. You'll learn more that way. That's a good one. That's a really mm-hmm. good one. I've gotten way better at that. Part of it is I just don't argue with people. But I've definitely got better. I want to hear your I, I'm, I, I can tell already that I don't agree with anything you think. But I want to hear your entire like view of life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the fact that you go off into life with that view... Me not confronting it doesn't is no harm done. I'm not going to no. change your mind. So no, yeah, it helps to have the outlet of this show to True. be a little more restrained in that way. But yeah, True. I used to get all weirded out when people would would come on strong with that stuff or be strange or nuts or whatever. And I I try to remind myself, hey, this will be over in a minute or two. Invest in it, enjoy it, see what happens. Uh, the lion razor. If you have the choice, always choose to sprint and then rest like a lion. I hadn't thought about this, but this this is kind of the way I do things. That's just the way I'm built. Most people are not wired to work nine to five long periods of steady, monotonous work. If your goal is to do inspired, creative work, you have to work like a lion. Sprint when inspired, rest, repeat. Sprint and rest, sprint and rest, as opposed to just kind of steady, regular. I don't know. It kind of goes against some other razors about, you know, uh, the, the tortoise and the hare and that sort of stuff. And no then freaking uh, tortoise ever beat a hare. I hate that. That's a, that's a bad fable. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.